following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to the program you've come to know and love, episode 831 of I Doubted Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dallimore, joined today by the lovely, talented, and indeed scholarly, Brittany Page, everybody! I know it's not ideal to start every episode talking about cancer, mm. but <laughs> we could have, not find it. It took we me. We have an update. We do have an update about the cancer. Ready? Are you ready for the update? Oh, that's not it. How dare That is not it. Here's the update. I still have cancer. Okay. <laughs> you have a surgery date scheduled. Yeah, we have a surgery date. Surgery date on October 19th. Prior to that, you have some sort of anesthesiology appointment. Yeah, it's a three-hour surgery. Yes. So I, I think that... Because I've got, I've been put under before for surgeries, but I think this is so long that they they really want to dial in the the magic on the mm-hmm. anesthesia. Yes, they're gonna do any kind of blood tests, other tests that they feel like they need to do to make sure that you're ready to go, and then you will go in for surgery at 10 a.m. on yeah. October 19th. It will be a three to four hour surgery. I think, I think she the said. surgery is at one, but they want me there at 10 just mm-hmm. to give the audience all of the minutia of the details. And you're going to have to clean out your colon again. Well, I think the 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 substance that I drink will clean it out i don't have to like get up there with a with the bottle brush or something no i think it's personal this time i think that it's up to you to really care for it and ensure it's cleaned out aka it's up to you to get in there <laughs> with ye old butthole bottle brush all right so we met the surgeon and the surgeon is great fantastic she seriously Seriously. Yes. I'm could not be more impressed with her. Yes, very just a boss. It's it's evident that she knows what she's talking about and it, And when when she when it, when the eventuality does arrive that she doesn't kill me on the operating table, we will talk about her name. We'll drop her name, but no publicity until she uh actually doesn't kill me. Okay. Too too much. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me a little sick, honestly. I want to puke right now, really? but I'm right. working my way through it. So yeah, she talked about the process of of what the surgery will entail, that she expects to remove about 35% of your 35 colon. 35%. Let's just let let that number marinate. Let's just sit with that for just a moment. Well, and we talked about the implications of that. Would this affect your <laughs> bathroom behavior, for example? And she said, really, no, that if you poop one time per day, Right now, which would you like to talk about the frequency with which you... I'm not really on a schedule. Okay. It just happens when the spirit moves me. That makes sense. As, you, you do know. have cancer in there. So if you do one you time can, per so day... So now you're, you're on the joke bandwagon <laughs> now. You're on the joke. I feel like puking right now. The, How dare you make jokes about it? The ones that make me comfortable, I make, yes. So is this a radio morning DJ situation? What's going on? You know, okay. this is episode 831 of this particular podcast. Yeah. Of which you've been a co-host for 831 episodes. I'm very much aware of that. Thank you. So 35%. It sounds, like a, it sounds like a lot, but you're going to go from, let's say, if you're pooping one time per day, she said you'll go like two times per day. The frequency will increase, not, and then my not body, the urgency. And then my not the urgency. <laughs> and then my, was that, was that a setup for the joke? You no. had that one in the hopper. No. Uh, and then my body will get shit figured out and just adjust and yeah. it'll go back to normal. Yes, which I think is just the case for most things. I think we don't need half of our organs and the body just figures it out yeah. and learns to deal with what it has. Very happy with the meeting with the doctor, though. She was not quite sure. I'm not quite sure how happy she was getting to meet me. Well, your best friend... Brett and Brett's wife, Lisa, are in town to yeah. support you during Brett this time. Brett number one. 
And Brett came along to the meeting and Lisa was on voicemail or on a speakerphone while the meeting was going mm-hmm. on. So we three of us were in the room, you, Brett, me, and then Lisa was on the phone and the surgeon came in and was like, wow, this is like a full room. <laughs> and we all have interesting senses of humor. So she was getting a lot from all three of us. And we have different personalities that we bring different things to the yeah. table. So at one point, I, I was taking notes, you know, and... Yeah, we know. I was referencing a previous issue that you had had that I was curious if it was connected to all of this. We don't need to get into it, but I said to her... Non-butthole related. I said to her preemptively, I said, I know this is going to enrage you or make you sick or something, but I Googled this. Like, yeah. I wanted to... <laughs> I wanted to clarify, like, I know this is really douchey, what I'm about to say, that I'm like, oh, I yeah. Googled it. Um, she chuckled. Yeah, so she got it. She had a good sense of she humor. She also said that they're going to remove my appendix while they're in there. Yes. And uh, I asked if there was going to be a discount since it's already been taken out. Yeah. <laughs> and she assured me there would be no discount offered. Yes. So there was a lot of... Uh, I actually did talk about stretching open Donald Trump's mouth and taking a runny dump into it, which... Uh, it didn't get the laughter I thought it would in the room, hmm. but uh, I stick by it. I'm, I'm, I would tell the joke again. Ah, uh, yeah. So, anyway, I think that it went pretty well. Oh, that's what Brett said coming out of the room that she didn't know how to respond to. She was like, yeah, it's just uh, we were all wondering who would get it first, and it was Jesse, you know? <laughs> and she was like, okay, okay, I don't know what is going on with these people. I- yeah. <laughs> It was good. Yeah. But in in all seriousness, folks, um, very pleased. Have a surgery date. Uh, the recovery, I'll, I'll spend an, uh, a, a two or three nights in the hospital, it sounds like. Come out. Come home to recover. Maybe I'll be back on track in a week. It sounds more like two weeks, but up to a month. And um, barring... Any other complications relative to what they find when they're in there, when they're removing that section of my colon, um, it might be just back to business as usual. Like no stage four, no stage three, no chemo, no other radiation treatment or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. We won't know the stage or prognosis until five days after the surgery because that's when they're doing the pathology tests and they have to give time for that to return. But she does. She did say that sometimes she will put the camera in there, and the cancer has moved beyond the colon. She said she does not expect that to be the situation in this case, but that she wants to give us all the information up front. Yeah. And she said that the chemo even looks different for a stage three versus stage two, like the number of drugs, uh, the side how, effects, how it's administered, whether it be a pill or actual IV. Yeah. So there's still a lot of unanswered questions, which obviously brings discomfort and fear. However, I will say that we both feel a lot better now that there's an actual date. We know that the surgeon is awesome. She said, by the way, not to go Debbie Downer on everybody, that uh, (laughs) she is seeing colon cancer in younger and younger patients. People in their 20s, frequently. Including people in their 20s who don't have family history, by the way. Yeah. And that they don't know why. They don't know why this is happening. They can't explain it. And at one point, she said she's doing these surgeries like three to five times a week. Yeah. Which is sad. Also reassuring in a way because to her doing like a surgery for three hours is like what we think of Candy Crush. Like we just do it mindlessly, yeah. you know, but like she just performs surgery mindlessly. Yeah, rather than, than burn hours away on fucking TikTok. Yeah. She's saving lives. Yes. <laughs> so let, let me say this and then, you know, the, we can move on here to some voicemails, but, but I really would, if there's any way for me to convince you to get out there and make an appointment for a colonoscopy to get yourself checked, go fucking do it because you're probably like I was thinking I'm healthy. Everything's fine in there. They may find a polyp or two. Brittany and I had a bet. The over under was three on the polyps. I clearly won the bet only having one in there. Uh, but you could be that. You you could have something growing inside you, just like I do, that could kill you. Go goddamn get checked. And if you have a weird thing about your butthole, get over it. It's 
you drink some goo, you poop a little bit, and you go get the appointment. I, I guess that's it. All right. Seriously, go get go get checked. Yes. It, there, it could be a more cohesive, convincing message, but this is right off the top of my head. So how are you feeling about everything, though, now that you have the surgery date? Because I don't want to speak for you, obviously. How are you feeling about things? How are you? I'm good. Yeah, it's good. It is. It is good. I'm. I'm. Uh, I mean, there have been moments in the very beginning, especially where it was very tenuous. We had no idea what was going on. That I was, you know, again more worried about you than about me. It is. It is good to know to have some information. Really, the uncertainty is is the bummer. Um, I have. Um, been trying to remain strong to to for your benefit because i know this is highly stressful for you um but you know i feel marginally better because we have some information Mm -hmm. and i think because i am uh, a confident uh optimist and positive about things i do think it's going to end up okay i know that there are there is an outside chance or even a relatively reasonable chance that there could be something found she talked about spots that maybe the CT can't scan wouldn't pick up. They're going to remove the uh, the appendix that's not there. They're going to remove the lymph nodes that are around that area. They're going to remove that section of colon. Um, I just I have confidence that it's just going to be the surgery, but I I'm very well aware and don't want to be self deluded about the fact that uh, it, it could be something more. There could be chemo involved and yeah. You also have a genetics counseling appointment scheduled for December and. That is, I guess, to determine if you have some sort of gene that predisposes you for colon cancer. Well, there, there, she's also named several other syndromes that are related to this mm. that they'd want to. And I don't remember their names. Yeah, and but that, that would that would say whether I have a propensity for whatever the, those other things are. And that test will determine basically what it looks like going forward in terms of observation for you. How often will you need to get colonoscopies? All of that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. if, if you have some sort of gene that puts you at higher risk, then that means you need to get screened more often after this. Yeah. More often than I guess you already would be because yeah. you, you have cancer. Which again, by the way, I'm on board with. Not a problem. Yeah. Give me the sludge. Make me shit my brains out and I will go get a colonoscopy as often as it need be. Yeah, I wonder if it's like a year if you've had colon cancer or if it's six months. I we maybe should have asked it's that. It's a question but, we should have asked. Yeah. We, we went in with a list of questions and then still walked out having forgotten to ask well, certain questions. I also think the focus really was on the surgery and recovery and you're going to have a follow-up appointment. You say you already, you have like three, you have four appointments scheduled right now already. So on the follow-up appointment after surgery, we're going to have another list of questions. Yeah. And I think that obviously will be a main question is, is what are we doing going forward? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you all for all the love, all the support, all the messages of concern, the well wishes. We appreciate it very much. And in that vein, let's get to some listener communication from you, our beautiful audience. Hello, Jesse and Brittany. This is Susanna Irwin, grandmother from Arkansas, retired RN. Uh, I've, I've just been heartbroken like you were a family member who's taken ill. I, I just feel kind of a kinship like you two are my kids. But, Jesse, I'm an old rehab nurse for the last 10 years of my uh, uh career when them nurses come in to get you up and move you around and you think there's no fucking way in the universe (laughs) that they're crazy you grit your teeth you take a pain shot and you swing your legs and you walk when they want you to and when they're too busy to walk you you make them walk you you do lots of deep breathing you splint that surgical incision good and tight and you cough hard every chance at 10 times an hour do your incentive spirometer you'll chase away a lot of potential um, bad things by keeping your circulation moving and your lungs clear i love you both very much i'll watch you every day Brittany. bye-bye susanna 
What a beautiful message. A beautiful message. I also saw that she left a comment on YouTube. I don't remember where, but I saw it. And it was about how, since you have red hair, that you should also be cautious when you stand up for fainting and that she has seen a lot of redheads in her career faint when huh. standing up. I've never heard that. I've heard surgery. the thing about um, having like a lower pain tolerance, where like redheads on average or whatever the aggregate typically need more anesthesia and pain medicine to dull pain because of how our pain receptors work. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. but thank you so much for the beautiful message. I will uh, take your advice to heart. I will absolutely do what it takes relative to rehab because I have in the past when I had shoulder surgery kind of um, shit the bed on, on really taking the physical therapy seriously. And it took me a lot longer to get back to the, to the full functionality of my arms. So or yeah. maybe I never gained it. Yeah. Who knows? But I will absolutely, Susanna, take it uh, very seriously this time. I appreciate it. It reminds me of when I had braces. A very kind family friend paid for me to have braces as a kid. And I had to wear headgear because I had some sort of overbite or I don't, I don't remember anymore. But I had to wear it at night. And I hated it. It's terrible. Don't know yeah. if anyone out there has had to wear it, but it's, Did a, you actually it's a nightmare. Wear it? I wore it a few times, but it was very painful. And I went in one day to get my whatever happens with braces tightened or something. I, I block it out. Adjusted. And, and the orthodontist said to me, he said, wow, you've really been wearing your headgear a lot. <laughs> I don't think you need to wear it anymore. And I was like, yeah, I just, you know, love wearing it. So we got it done for you. And that's how I knew he was a liar. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted me to be tortured, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Very funny. Anyway, Susanna, thank you very much. We appreciate the call. Moving on. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. This is Robin calling from the D.C. area. I haven't called in in a long time. Uh, first, I would like to see we all love you. We're pulling for you. We know you're going to be fine. So um, take care of yourself. Take care of your health. We, your audience, will be here and we will continue to support you. The other thing I wanted to say was um, I've recently begun um, volunteer work with an organization called All Options. And um, after the <clears throat> overturn of Roe versus Wade, there are women all over the country that are in need of um, reproductive advice, health care, and support. And I just wanted to put it out there, all options is a pregnancy, parenting, abortion, and adoption um, hotline. They have a, a talk line where you can get um, unbiased, judgment-free, open-hearted, um, just someone to listen and just to help you with the decision. Um, it's a definitely a pro-choice organization, and most of the calls that are coming in are women who are considering an abortion and um, just looking for resources or just somebody to talk to. And I just wanted to put the number out there. It's one 493 That's one 493 And also, um, abortion pills by mail are pretty, I think, I don't know if you can get them in all 50 states, but I just wanted to put this out there. I'm not sure. I think Brittany probably knows about it. It's called plancpills.org, P-L-A-N-C-P-I-L-L-S dot org. Um, and those are um, abortion pills by mail. Um, it's, they say on their website that you can get them in all 50 states. Honestly, I don't know at this point, but at least people know um, your listeners can jot that information down in case they know someone that needs an abortion pill or needs just abortion counseling. So I wanted to put that out there to you guys. Um, again, my thoughts are with you guys. Um, and Jesse, Brittany, you did a great job on your YouTube video. I'm like, yay, look at Brittany. So um, <laughs> I, I haven't seen you guys in a while, but I hope to see you again when um, – Jesse's finished with his treatment. So, love the show. Brittany's the best part. Take care. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. 
Well, thank you so much to Robin. Robin has been a long time listener, a long time supporter of the show. So we very much appreciate that. And it sounds like she's doing great work working with this hotline. I hadn't heard of it before she referenced it, all options. And she she left the number there. Jesse, you have it? Yeah, 888-493-0092. Once again, one 1-888-493-0092. All options. And plancpills.org is a great website for states where abortion is banned. For example, it may be more difficult to access abortion pills, but oftentimes Plan C gives you a list of different places that you can still access abortion pills and including referring you to another organization called Aid Access that helps people in all the states gain access to abortion medication. So definitely check out plancpills.org. And it's good just to put these things in like a resource folder in case you're ever talking to someone who needs access to some some of these organizations. Create a note in your phone. Exactly. I think it's good to have a resource list that you can access if you're talking to someone who needs it or who has a friend who needs it, whatever it might be. It's just good, good to have around. Thanks for the information and the call and the well wishes, Robin. We appreciate you very much. All right, moving on. Hello, it's Trucker Brad, and I just have a comment about the CNN management and their new let's be kind to both sides format. I don't get it. What is going on with this Murdoch special where they're trying to make it sound like, hey, you like succession? Well, then watch this documentary about the Murdochs. And then they show, uh, they have this little feature about uh, Democrats buying guns and training with guns, making it sound like it's a good thing that uh, Democrats should go get their guns. And it just seems to me like I, I got to stop watching CNN and not to mention that their commentary is really, you know, cushy, cushy, both sides type of stuff going on now. I don't have specific examples on that, but maybe you can dig some up. Um, so I, I guess I don't know. MSNBC. What's what else is out there? Um, because CNN has finally, uh, I don't know if I'm going to like this new format. And I think anybody, um, I think everybody, I should say, should stop watching this Murdoch special. I mean, why would we even have an interest in that? It sucks. So that's my two cents worth. So here's what I would say for Trucker Brad, specifically related to what do I watch or how do I consume the news? Where should I turn if I'm not going to be watching CNN? Now, MSNBC would not be my suggestion. No. No. (laughs) I don't really watch MSNBC. Nothing against it. It's just whenever it's on, I am not particularly interested in watching it. So PBS is a news program that I think is really valuable. It's kind of boring, I guess. It's less entertainment-like than the shows that you're used to seeing on MSNBC and CNN because it's not really about that. It's more about delivering information in an accessible way. It's closer to like NPR, I would say. So PBS News, they have a YouTube channel. They're uploading clips all the time, and we use them pretty often for this show as well. I would also say Twitter is an extremely useful tool here. Now, if Elon Musk if the deal with Elon Musk goes through, Twitter is going to change a lot and it's going to be a problem because he's going to let Trump back on. He's going to let Marjorie Taylor Greene back on and we're going to be living in a hellscape. But for now, Twitter is a great tool because you can actually follow specific reporters that you value and trust. So for example, CNN, yeah, not headed in a great direction. However, Manu Raju is a great White House reporter. Yeah. Or Hill reporter. I don't know what they would call him. He's not at the White House. He's he's a congressional reporter. Yeah, congressional yeah. reporter. And so Manaraju is great. Another one that comes to mind, Ben Collins. I think he actually appears on MSNBC a lot. He's kind of on the alt-right beat. And you can follow specific reporters that you learn to trust and value their perspective, value their reporting. And I think Twitter is really the best place to follow someone directly. So if you're struggling with where you're going to get your news, who can you trust... 
That's what I would say. Yeah, and also just know, like, even PBS has 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 platformed assholes in the past. Nobody's perfect. You're not going to find the the, the 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 news network that really does it all for you. Yeah. And even with with CNN, there are certain people on there, like you mentioned, Manu Raju, but certain anchors who who are going to call it like it is and aren't going to create faux controversies like Brianna Keeler did. Uh, during that Biden speech for no fucking reason at all other than, oh, we got to find something to criticize the Democrats about too. Right. We can't constantly be be criticizing these fucking fascist enablers in the Republican Party. Right, right. So it's tough out there. It, it, you know, there's no real easy cut and dry answers like, oh, you don't like CNN? Watch this. There's, it's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, that's definitely true. So thank you, Brad. We appreciate the call. Robin, Susanna, we appreciate y'all very much. If you too would like to sound off, leave a voicemail or a voice memo, you can call 657-464-7609. Or of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Keen, Keen, Bruce, Bruce, A-R, Bruce, what? Bruce, A-R, Bruce, A-R. Robert W. Robert W. Warren U. Warren U. Elizabeth S. Elizabeth S. Del S. Del S. And Duncan C. Duncan C. And then we would like to thank our Patreon supporters who have increased their pledge amounts. Henry K. Jr. Henry K. Jr. Long time early adopter of the show. One of those early adopters that when we find out that we don't know them and they're from some other state, we're like, what? (laughs) Who? How'd you find us? I know. Yes. So thank you to Henry and Debbie B. Debbie B. Debbie B. Thank you very much for increasing the pledge. Will E. Will E. Will E. Thank you so much for increasing the pledge. And then Kyle R. Kyle R. Kyle R, thank you so very much. We appreciate it. Remember all the giveaway winners. You have your merchandise in route to you. I'm not checking specifically all of the tracking to see if it was delivered. I'm counting on you to let me know if there is a problem. And to take a photo and tweet it and email it and let us know how you look and how you love. Yes. Well, we don't want to see you in the love thing, but... How much you love your merch. Yes. And I also, I don't know if we said this last time, but if you want to know if the giveaway selections were really random, let me tell you that half of the winners lived outside of the country. And oftentimes the shipping cost more than the item that was selected, which is totally okay. Follow up emails from DHL saying, oh, hey. You owe thirteen dollars. Yeah. That I mean, we're not. It's we're not whining about the money. It's just that it absolutely was random. It absolutely was <laughs> random, and I think we sent a shout out to Simone because we sent a "You're the Puppet" mug to the Netherlands, yeah. for example, and a hoodie to to Great Britain to England. Yep, and uh, something to Canada. Yep, yep. So definitely random because half of you lived in areas where. It was out of the country. International so. audience showing up. Yeah, we Fantastic. love it. We love it. Thank you so much for your support. And we are currently out of stickers. So we normally send out stickers to new Patreon supporters. Thanks a lot, supply chain issues. I know. The company that we work with, it was delayed for months getting stickers for your YouTube channel members. And now it is delayed again. They're saying that if we order, it's going to be months. So we're looking to see if we can get a, a solution more quickly. So stay tuned on that. Yeah. All right. Well, we love you guys. We appreciate you very much. And uh, and we can't thank you enough. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Donald Trump has asked the Supreme Court to intervie- in- intervene. 
Yes, he has. Intervene in the Mar-a-Lago investigation. Oh, it gets very intricate if you read this nearly 300-page legal motion, but it's actually a limited legal challenge in which the former president appears to be making a play to get more access to more of those documents. He's asking the Supreme Court to allow that special master, that independent legal expert, to review documents marked classified, which could allow the Trump team to get access to those documents as well as they prepare to mount a legal defense. Again, it's a limited challenge, but it's a challenge to the Supreme Court nonetheless. And the bottom line is this extends the legal battle further. It doesn't appear to impact the Justice Department investigation because the Trump team doesn't seek to block agents from examining the records, but they will nevertheless be extending this legal battle. They're hoping the Supreme Court, the conservative-leaning Supreme Court, to which the former president appointed three of the members, will take up this case. We know Clarence Thomas has been initially assigned this case because he oversees emergency requests from federal courts and federal cases in Florida, which is where this case initially generates. So Clarence Thomas has issued a deadline of Tuesday for the Department of Justice to reply, but history is not on Trump team's side. They tried to go to the high court last year to block the handover of records to the January 6th committee, and Anne-Marie, that request was denied. So this looks like it's yet another tactic to sort of extend this whole thing, which would be a tactic we've seen um, Donald Trump's lawyers use before in various other circumstances. But and, and the Supreme Court could choose not to take this up at all. But you just can't help but to think you, it's a conservative leaning court, though we know the court is supposed to be independent. You have Clarence Thomas. It just happens to be within his sort of purview but also his wife was just questioned by the January 6th committee, and she admitted that she believed that the 2020 election was sort of uh, was uh, was stolen, for lack of, for, to use a casual phrase. I mean, does the Supreme Court... Wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Who is this lady? So she works for CBS News. I am spacing her name right now, but... The clips that I regularly get from CBS News when she's featured in them, it's a lot of this. And I. For lack of a better term. No, that's the fucking term. There is no lack of a better term. Well, it's also, we don't want to be casual about the wife of a Supreme Court justice believing that the election was stolen from Donald Trump, especially. A, a justice who is now implicated in the decision making about what cases come before the court. Correct. I think if we take that a little bit more seriously, that would be good. You don't chuckle it off. Yes. Ugh. The clip continues another 45 seconds or so. Run the risk of once again appearing political if they choose to take up this case. Well, the Supreme Court needn't even say why it's not taking up the case if it chooses not to. It can really make itself a sanctuary from the politics by not making a statement and not mm -hmm. taking the case. But yeah, optics are everything in a midterm election cycle where abortion rights and a Supreme Court ruling are a prominent issue, if not the prominent issue in some of these races. The Supreme Court, in this case, in this very narrow case, does have the potential impact of resurfacing the court and its recent ruling as a political issue for the midterm elections. So true, Scott. Thank you very much, Scott. <laughs> I left that ending in because I thought it was so funny. It's like she doesn't pay attention, you know? Yeah. Um, also, the yard work that was happening know, in the background. I know, it's maddening. Was, it's like we're trying to do the show and the sirens are constantly going outside <laughs> right. and we have to take breaks. So, obviously, not great that Clarence Thomas is Has handling. any involvement whatsoever. He hasn't just uh, just outright recused himself. Yes. Well, and I mean, even even Jenny Thomas, when she did appear before the January 6th committee to answer questions, tried to claim that she has not talked to Clarence Thomas about any of this, that he is separate and right. apart from all of this. And it's like they woke up that morning, they were having coffee, and he's like, what are you doing today? And she's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, give my testimony before the January 6th committee. He's like, huh, what about? Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> Why are they calling you in? Wait, you're involved in that? I What is this? <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, come on. Are are we supposed to believe that? Ugh. No one believes that. Life is a fucking nightmare. It's just going to be a lot of drops today, I guess. <laughs> okay, so as we were talking, we got a push notification about... That's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. 
about President Biden. There's going to be more if you keep having that attitude. Announcing <laughs> announcing major steps toward decriminalizing marijuana possession. This is very good news. He apparently has issued mass pardons for anyone convicted of federal crimes for simply possessing marijuana and is now urging governors to do the same. He also called for his administration to expedite a review of whether marijuana should continue to be listed as a Schedule One substance. This is a quote. Too many lives have been upended because of our failed approach to marijuana. It's time that we right these wrongs. I'm announcing a pardon of all prior federal offenses of simple possession of marijuana. There are thousands of people who were convicted for marijuana possession who may be denied employment, housing, or educational opportunities as a result. My pardon will remove this burden on them. Now, let's keep in mind the president only has the power to pardon federal offenses. Uh, not state. So that's why the urge to governors to pardon those offenses that would have been just state charges in state court. Uh, But a good move going forward and signaling to decriminalize federally just in general is is, is awesome. Yeah, and according to a senior administration official, thousands of Americans are going to be impacted by this action. And that just broke in the middle of that clip plane. So we wanted to get that out there. Because we are also your breaking news source. (laughs) Yeah. So now we want to talk about Herschel Walker. Oh, please let us talk about Herschel Walker. A mighty man of God. He's had quite the week. Quite the week. Because (laughs) reporting in Daily Beast showed that he paid for what was yesterday an anonymous person. Yeah. And Today, not anonymous. Her abortion. And she produced a receipt from the abortion clinic and a card from Herschel Walker, a get well card. With his like signature signature. Like it's a, he doesn't just have like a scrawl. It's, he's got an H that is very distinctive. She also produced a bank deposit receipt that included an image of a signed $700 personal check from Herschel Walker. I mean, it's, it's all the deets that you need. They really came with the evidence here with this reporting in the Daily Beast, and it is Roger Solenberger, the reporter. So if you're thinking of getting on Twitter, following reporters specifically that you trust, Roger Solenberger is one that you could follow. Absolutely. So now we have learned that this anonymous woman is actually the mother of one of Herschel Walker's children. So when he says... That he has no idea who this woman could be, and he's going on Hannity, right. and he's saying that he has no idea who it could be. Well, it's the mother of one of his children. So one would hope that he knows, for example, the mother of his child. I mean, I think he would know her. Yeah, it's also ridiculous that he's denying, he doesn't say, no, I don't know. I just have no idea who that could be. While there are images of the card that he signed on the screen next to him. Uh-huh. It just doesn't pass the smell test fucking at all. I mean, obviously he's a liar. Obviously he's a fucking liar. But it even to a Fox News audience, they've got to be just like, eh, that guy's lying. Well, I mean, the Herschel Walker campaign is saying that it's raised over $500,000 since this report came out. Hmm. I don't know if that's true, but... Well, it also said, don't say where the money came from. If it's like big money donors who are like, oh shit, we got to get ahead of this because he's going to be facing some uh, some some downturn in the polls, then yeah, I would understand that. But if it's grassroots support, you know, it just lays bare the hypocrisy of the Republican Party. Right. So at first, when this reporting got updated with the name and the woman decided not to remain anonymous because Herschel Walker was denying that this ever happened and she decided to come forward and say, okay, it's me and I have a kid with him. Yeah. So I'm the one that he paid to have the abortion. He continued to deny it. At first, he didn't give a statement. Then he continued to deny it and said, quote, as I've already said, there's no truth to this or any other Daily Beast report. Which also can't be true because Roger Solenberger previously reported about 
Herschel Walker's secret kids. Yeah, that was tr- ended up being true that was denied. And they confirmed that story. Yeah. <laughs> so it isn't that everything in the Daily Beast isn't true, Herschel Walker. It's that you are scared of the truth coming out. Yeah. And he's really trying everything. He is denying the report, but then he also released this weird campaign ad talking about grace and really appealing to the religious sentiments on the right. Rebel One, I was running a nasty, dishonest campaign. Perfect for Washington. The Reverend doesn't even tell my full story, my true story. As everyone knows, I had a real battle with mental health. Even wrote a book about it. And by the grace of God, I've overcome it. One of us a preacher who doesn't tell the truth. He doesn't even believe in redemption. I'm Herschel Walker, saved by grace, and I prove this message. Wait, 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 wait. So, <laughs> saved by grace, forgiven by Jesus uh, for something he didn't do. Which is it, Herschel? Is it, are you flatly denying that this took place, but also talking about your redemption story and you got forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to be talking out of both sides of his mouth. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it matters to him or to Republicans generally because you even had Newt Gingrich go on Fox News talking about Herschel Walker. Yeah, that's a good one. And specifically referred to his quote-unquote deep commitment to Christ. I talked to Herschel about this this morning, and I've known Herschel a good while. Uh, I think he's a remarkable person. I think he's the most important Senate candidate in the country because he'll do more to change the Senate just by the sheer presence, by his confidence, by his deep commitment to Christ, by the degree to which he is, you know, he's been through a long, tough period. He had a lot of concussions coming out of football. He suffered PTSD. <laughs> so he he's going to fundamentally change the Senate for the good because of his confidence and his presence and his deep commitment to Christ juxtaposed against the man who is in the seat now and his opponent who is a reverend. And the ha- Reverend Raphael Warnock. And has been a senior pastor since 2005. Right. A, a, like an actual pastor. Yeah. Who's dedicated his life and career to Christianity. Correct. But the deep commitment to Christ that's going to change the Senate comes from Herschel Walker. Well, and how many issues are they going to point to to explain what's going on with Herschel Walker? Because you you had Newt Gingrich reference the concussions. He made a claim there that he had PTSD. In the, in the ad that Herschel Walker talked about grace, it was like he was promoting his book because they flashed it up for a brief yeah. period of time. And it said something about my journey with dissociative identity disorder, which is colloquially known as multiple personality disorder. Yeah. And so if he is claiming that he has dissociative identity disorder and that that's why he was allegedly beating his former wives. Hold, and, holding loaded guns to her head. I'm not buying that personally, um, but, you know, it is his just throwing anything at the wall and hoping that something sticks. And all of these Republicans are around him helping him. And I think the person who was clearest in their intentions here was Dana Lash. Dana Lash? Dana Lash, the the former NRA spokesperson. She's just the fucking worst. And she flat out said, I don't care about this. I just want power. So does this change anything? I mean, do you want my opinion? You're listening. Not a damn thing. How many times have I said four very important words? These four words. Winning is a virtue. What I'm about to say is in no means a contradiction or a compromise of a principle and please keep in mind that I am concerned about one thing and one thing only at this point so I don't care if Herschel Walker paid to abort endangered baby eagles I want control of the Senate if the Daily Beast story is true you're telling me Walker used his money to reportedly pay some skank for an abortion and Warnock wants to use all of our monies to pay a whole bunch of skanks for abortions. 
And yes, when they're used predominantly over 99% of birth control and it's my taxpayer dollars, you have invited me up in your business and I will use whatever Descript I would like to. Thank you. So it doesn't change anything for me. I don't know if he did it or not. I don't even care. Doesn't even care. So here's, let's get on the ground with this language first. They act like uh, they believe that abortion is murdering babies. Mm-hmm. They say that over and over and over in every way possible. They say that it is murdering, murdering babies. But she says, I don't care if he did that. I don't even care, meaning I don't even care if this other more treacherous, horrible thing was to take place than abortion. She says, even if he paid to have endangered baby eagles killed, as though that's worse than what she claims is literal murder of human beings. Right. They're just, it is just a power grab. They are ideologically bankrupt. They don't have a core ethos that they're following or adhering to. Well, and I I like that you brought that up because imagine if, for example, Herschel Walker had been accused of murdering an adult person. Yeah. Let's just say any adult human being and that that was out there in media reports. The Daily Beast was reporting that. And you had Dana Lash talking about how she doesn't care whether or not that's true. I mean- (laughs) <laughs> I just don't believe that would be happening. Right. And so if if the accusation is that he murdered a baby, which is what they believe. Right. That's what they say. She doesn't care. It seems like she would care about that if she actually believed that it was murdering a baby. But you also have her really blaming only the women. I That's mean, right. The skanks, she said. Yeah, it's like they oppose abortion, but unless it's going to ruin a Republican man's political... Yeah, you know, career. I mean, it's she's a skank because she got pregnant, but he's not a skank for getting her pregnant, right? It just it's all over the fucking map. All it is is a a method by which they maintain power. They obtain and maintain power. Well, and it's also stupid. Even the line about taxpayer dollars paying for birth control for a whole bunch of skanks is the phrase that she used, as though. You know, having sex, number one, makes you a quote-unquote skank. I don't I don't know how she would define the term, but you can get pregnant having sex one time. Yeah. So I don't understand the logic. Shouldn't you want birth control to be freely accessible? I mean, we've, we've always made this point. It's not like it's a new point. But she just gets to sit there, talk to herself all day into a microphone, unchallenged, and this is the kind of drivel that you get when you are not challenged ever. Well, mainly because they're giving permission for the worst of the Republican Party, which is the majority of the Republican Party, to be the worst versions of themselves that they can be, Mm -hmm. to be as hateful, as lacking in empathy as they can possibly muster uh, to effect change in our world, to make our world the worst fucking version of it that they can muster. Yeah, well, and that brings us to Matt Walsh. Oh, yeah. And Mediaite, or Media Matters, I think, dug up audio from an old radio show that he did. And he's really trying to distance himself from this, talking about how it was so long ago, like even referencing it was some obscure radio station in Delaware that no one knows about. <laughs> um, and Really shitting on his own body of work. <laughs> yeah, he, he is going on and on in this clip about how teenage pregnancies really aren't that rare and that the real problem is unwed pregnancies. None. It is not. In fact, ever since the beginning of time, teenage girls have been getting pregnant. It, it used to be more common. The, the peak, ever since they started keeping records of these things, which they only started doing recently, like in the 20th century, uh, but ever since they started keeping records, in 1957 was the peak for teenage pregnancy. 1957. Not 2009, well, back not then, today. All of them were supposed to have kids. Like, that's well, when you on. had kids. That's my point, okay? Um, so to all of a sudden act like this phenomenon of girls getting pregnant at, that, at, at a young age that we consider young, 16 or 17, to act, to act like it's a new thing is ridiculous. It's always been that way. Uh, even biologically, and, and this is me just stating, I'm, I'm just, right now I'm going to start by just stating facts. So fact number one. It's not a new phenomenon. Fact number two. In fact, it's a phenomenon that was more common earlier in history. And for, you know, the first six to 10,000 years of human existence, it was a normal thing. Uh, fact three. 
girls between the ages of like 17 and 24 is when they're technically most fertile. Yeah. Okay? That's biological. That's a fact. All right? I'm just stating facts. That's all I'm doing. But what happened recently, and this is the, the fourth fact, recently in the last 30 years or so, we decided that that's way too young to start a family. Why? And uh, because now we... Divorce rates would probably go up and... Once you're that young, you can't really make sure that well, you know. No, girls are no, 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 no. Girls were getting married early, and marriages were lasting longer. You very rarely hear about like these these relationships that go to their uh, what is it? Your diamond anniversary, your fiftieth anniversary, and all this. I, it, it's that's a dying breed of people out yeah, there. Yeah, and those all were all people that got married very young. That's why. That's why they're that's, still alive. Yeah, that's why you can have someone in their seventies who's celebrating their you know fifty uh, fifth wedding anniversary because they got married when they were teenagers. So what I'm saying is that the problem is not per se teenage pregnancy. It's unwed pregnancy. That's the problem in society. It's only problematic when 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 you are not married and you don't have the man there to help you take care of the kids because he's a coward. And the reason why we have that now are for two reasons. Because we have we have in, in current society, we have ex- we live in the age of extended adolescence. Interesting that he's distancing himself from that because that sounds like him not from eight years ago or so, but from last week. It sounds exactly like the same shit he says now. Why choose to distance yourself from that, Matt Walsh? Right. I mean, he has a proven track record of being a misogynist and believing that women come second to men. Yeah. And that their role is much different than men, including in the home and being submissive. He has all of the traditional religious fundamentalist views that you would assume that he has. And so when he's talking about how the problem really isn't teenagers getting pregnant, it's that they don't have a man to take care of them and the baby. So like, you know, when Courtney Stodden's parents married her off to a man in his 50s, that actor that was in the Green Mile, the the whiny character. I don't remember his name, Doug something. He's like, he's okay with those situations as long as they have money and they can take care of the teenager. I mean, this is creepy. Well, I mean, he's arguing for more child brides is what he's arguing for here. Yeah, I mean, where is the line? They want to pretend like, no, 10-year-olds are not having to travel across state lines to get abortions. Quit lying about that. And then they're like, listen, you know, teenagers can get pregnant, okay? It's happened for a long time. Yeah, exactly. They want, they, everybody wants it all the different ways. Herschel Walker wants to be forgiven, yet having done nothing. Matt Walsh wants, wants ch- ch- children to, who get pregnant to be married off. It's it just fucking gross yeah and it never ends because this is just like talking about all the worst people on the right and what they did this week basically (laughs) so tucker carlson has this new series i guess on fox nation the end of men the end of men and i swear to god this clip came out of it it's like a fucking parody it's like a joke i'm honestly a little worried what we're about to play is not actually real but it is real (laughs) I have to keep telling myself, no, it's real, but I'm scared because I'm like, it can't be real, can it? Yeah. And then it's it's real. So this is a segment where they're talking about bro scientists. They call them. Wait, wait, wait. Not real scientists. No, bro scientists. Bro scientists. They call themselves bro scientists, half jokingly. We met some of them at a ranch outside of Austin, Texas to see what they're doing. Bro science to me is based on uh, actual published studies, um, but a lot of it is is self-experimentation. You know, there are very few, if any, peer-reviewed double-blind studies to answer the kind of questions that most bros want to know. So instead, we just have to rely on our own experience. The best response to this is a strong politics of nationalism. The nation is only as strong as the individuals who make it up, and that's where raw eggs come in. Eggs are a superfood packed with protein, fats, vitamins, minerals, and anabolic cholesterol. The absolute opposite of the disgusting rubbish that the globalists want you to eat. I've tried at various times to sleep on the floor, but it's uh, it's a bit too much for me. Cold showers are supposed to have various hormonal effects. It's, it's interesting. There's a kind of schism, actually, on right-wing Twitter about you're either sunning your balls or you're freezing your balls. My name on Twitter is Benjamin Braddock. I'm a right-wing bro scientist. And yes, I tan my balls. Remember a 
couple years ago, maybe it was just a year ago, the weirdos on TikTok or whatever who'd get naked and pull their legs behind their ears and suntan their taints. <laughs> they wanted to, to, to sun their perineum or whatever the taint is technically called. Mm-hmm. And they were laughed at because it's fucking stupid. And here you have Tucker Carlson with the most watched cable news show in the history of cable news. Dun, 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 dun. And they're, they're, they're standing there with their dick and balls in, in this sunning robot. I mean, that's why it feels like it can't be real, but it, it is. It does feel like it can't be real. <laughs> but it is. And it's called The End of Men because Tucker Carlson is basically very concerned about what he says is men having lower testosterone levels and lower sperm counts. Yeah, you know, the uber-masculine Tucker Carlson is worried about all of us with our low testosterone levels. Well, and you heard about some of the solutions that the bro scientists are offering men to solve this problem. Eat and raw eggs. Raw eggs. <laughs> cold showers. That'll do it. Sleeping on the hard ground. Yeah. Oh, that's some rough and tumble stuff right there. And then tanning your balls. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Really exciting stuff. And they the bro really sci- exciting stuff. <laughs> the, the bro scientists also include in this documentary they they talk to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Of course. Anti-vax ding sh- dumb shit. And they talk to Mike Cernovich, another classically masculine man that yeah. you really want to hear from on these issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's good because they're telling you that the globalists, they want you to be fat, sick, depressed, and isolated. You know, globalists, they don't want you to eat the eggs because the Eggs is where the man stuff is. Listen, they don't want the, the frogs are going to be gay if the globalists get their way. It's well known that the globalists want you to take warm showers. So you got to <laughs> do the opposite of what the globalists want you to well, do. Well, listen, at the very least, at least they're trying to one shower at a time combat uh, energy wasting. And they're they're doing their part in the, the, the battle against climate change. Yeah, they're trying to do PT showers, right? That's what they're called. PT showers. You, you get that's in, right. you get out, that's not right. wasting any water. Maybe this actually will be How good for the environment. How do you know about PT showers? Because you used to be a Marine, everybody. Well, that's... Yeah, but... How do you know about PT you shows? talk about them. I do not. I have never spoken about PT showers. You have. That's a secret that no one should know. <laughs> it's not. Anyway, this is all quite nonsensical. And you would think that Tucker Carlson was today's asshole of today, but he is not. It's the asshole of today. The Right Stuff dating app. Oh, yeah. Peter Thiel, the right-wing provocateur fund. He's a billionaire guy. Got started with the investing in Facebook. He's a billionaire Trump supporter. He's behind this uh, this app, this dating app for conservatives. Yes, it's for conservatives. And ladies can sign up for free. And you can fill out prompts about, like, January 6th was. What, and, dot, dot, dot. And then you give your explanation. Yeah, very exciting. And here is their latest ad featuring a lot of conservative women talking about what they want. What are you looking for in a partner? They just have to be a conservative. Definitely someone yeah. that wants to have kids. I like an independent man. Personally, I like the alpha male vibe. I want a man who really loves his family. Definitely someone whose faith is important to them. For me, it's someone who actually wants to meet my parents. Why do you want to date a conservative? For me, at least I know that we're going to start off with some shared values. Well, the conservative men I've dated at least know how to treat me like a woman. In my personal experience, conservative guys have better manners. I like that they understand their role in the relationship as a man. I just prefer my men to be masculine. And what's the biggest red flag when it comes to dating? A Democrat. No Democrats. A Democrat. Can't be a Democrat. A Democrat. That's easy. A Democrat. No Democrats. So no. (laughs) Find the right match. Download the right stuff today. 
Wait, why aren't they talking about men who take cold showers and drink raw <laughs> eggs and tan their balls? I want my man, and this is said in the most vocal fryish voice ever, I want my man to have real tan balls. <laughs> uh, well, oh boy. listen, they, they don't want any Democrats, but uh, uh, unfortunately, that's not the problem with the app right now. It's that there's no ladies on the app. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, those, those ladies aren't on the app? Maybe, but they're just being inundated by the thousands of men who are masculine and know their role and have better manners and want to meet the parents. Because, you know, that's only conservatives who want to meet their 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 possible partner's parents. What? Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit much. All you're going to end up being guaranteed is that a dumb shit is, is, is who your partner is if you go on this app as a lady because... These are these are dumb things to be to be focused on. And if this is the guys, well, I want my man to think that the 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 January sixth insurrection was just a normal tourist event. Who are you gonna get? Mm-hmm. Anyway, good times. So, who's the asshole of today? The right stuff app, or these assholes who are in the ad, or Peter Thiel himself, or everybody? I think it's just it's a global assessment. Don't talk about the globalist, Brittany. <laughs> Not good. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think. Uh, call, leave us a voicemail. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you guys. We are a listener-supported show. We'd love to have you on board in the Patreon family. Go to patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast. Pick your tier. Decide whether you want to help support the show. We love you guys. We appreciate you very much. We love your feedback. And uh, we'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore. This has been I Doubt.